Hi, you guys, and welcome to TrailerCast. On today's TrailerCast conversation, I am sitting down with Ashley, okay? And this is where we jumped in. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a mom of two, teacher, and I've been married for 10 years. I have been feeling like there is so much more for my life, and I'm struggling to get unstuck and be able to see what is next for me. I haven't been happy as a teacher for a long time, but don't really know what my gifts and passions are to grow and move on. I'd love to have a conversation with you about how to finally get unstuck and see who I am made to be. I am super excited for this conversation, especially because this is something that I actually probably get some of the most DMs about, which is what would it even look like for me to be unstuck? And there's also a lot of like consumption, I think, right now about like passion and gifts and like the special unique space I'm supposed to fit into. And so what I'm excited to kind of press into today with Ashley is, is that real? Is there a one-time special thing that if I miss the train, I'll never get it? Or is there a way for us to see what is already there? Let's see. today um, good how are you I'm getting there <laughs> I'm only good because tomorrow's the last day of school and I'm a teacher so I'm like I'm done oh. with all of this oh <laughs> Ashley you are so almost there <laughs> yes that's what I'm like okay right? that's a beautiful yeah. cross line to finish so what you guys are out well relatively early for- yeah we I'm in Colorado and we start like middle of August. Okay. So yeah. So it makes sense. Checks out. Okay. Ashley, we are sitting today yeah. on the eve of the last day of school in quarantine. <laughs> what is that like for you? Yeah. What are you anticipating <laughs> tomorrow being for you? Um, I'm just excited because it's going to be like freedom and closure on this. I know coming back in the fall, it's not going to be the same but it's also I think we'll have more time to prepare and a little more of a clear picture of what it's going to look like as opposed to this like random uh schools on and you end school on Friday and oh you're not coming back and you're starting school online like it's just been crazy (laughs) it's 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 different also talking to a teacher about it because I'm like in mom land about I'm like drowning and just drowning yeah. sinking I'm like it's so hard to be like ah. and I'm like oh right teachers like teacher and teachers are also parents that are also like yes we also would like this to end <laughs> um are your kids school age yes very much so yeah no they're three and five so my oldest will start kindergarten in whatever the new version of school is next year. What you're in Colorado. So are, do you have mm-hmm. more of an understanding of, are you guys not going back traditionally? Do you know? Um, I, we're supposed to find out July 1st. Okay. We right now, my district is putting together a hybrid plan that'll look like some kids in the classroom while like a quarter of your class in the classroom and then three fourths learning remotely. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what it's actually going to look like, especially as a mom with like my own kids that I, Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. (laughs) 
That's bananas. So how are they even okay, so yeah. are they deciding who's the one fourth, the chosen few? So they'll rotate. Right now their yeah. plan is that like a quarter of the class will come each day and then teachers will have an extra planning day a week to put out like their students' content. And then but. if you're at home, you're watching the videos of the live class. That right now, they're thinking it's going to be pre like recorded lessons. And like, I so I'll teach to like an empty classroom. And then oh. when kids come in, they'll get like support. We're not, it, I mean, it's all just a mess right just, now. No just one knows. Chatter. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's true. I, it's hard to sit for myself, like in the unknown a little bit of, Mm -hmm. what felt important about school for me growing up, what learning happens just in like peer to peer and navigating. Um, yeah. That social emotional. Yeah, for sure. And, and also like, I just like my teachers were like my just gold to me. I, every, I can name every single one of my teachers from kindergarten through college. Like they just oh. were heroes to me. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, Oh, I want my kids to, to go sit there under their tutelage and yeah. <laughs> soak up all the goodness. <laughs> yeah. 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 Weird. This year was my first year teaching at the school I'm at and I'm in like the school in my neighborhood this year. And so that's been interesting because at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to see the kids all the time. It's going to be crazy. And now I'm like so grateful for it because I like go for a run and I see like three of my students and it's like, okay, I still see you a little bit. Yes. Um, I think you froze. I did. I'm going to change internet real quick just so we'll just do, let me move it over real quick and see if that happens, if that helps. Um, let's see. It's just, it's just a story of my life actually. I'm just like, no, it's okay. so I'm just like, nothing will work for me. Why would anything ever need to work for me? Um, Thank you for letting me know. I switched it. We should be good. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Um, the, the seeing a teacher, the first time I saw a teacher was like, I think it was like Mrs. Baldoni, my fifth grade teacher. And I saw her at the grocery store and I was like, you eat food? Like, it just was kind of like, what, those aren't teacher shoes. Like, I don't know what's right. happening right now. And it, yeah, it was just a, an amazing curiosity of like, teachers yes. have lives. <laughs> so true. That's so good. Tell me about your teaching yeah. journey. It's kind of like the heart of this conversation as well is, is this for me? Yeah. Um, so this is my 10th year teaching and I've, Time. my, so I don't know, it's kind of a weird, my first, the year I got married was my first year of teaching too. So like I've never, oh. life's just been like weird and I've never known and I've just always felt unsettled and I'm like, well, what is it? Um, I, so I've moved schools a lot. I've changed grades. I've tried um, elementary school. I've tried middle school. I've tried all different grades and mm -hmm. teaching like just literacy, which is probably what my passion within teaching is, is like reading and writing. Um, but I just still just feel kind of like, uh, yeah. <laughs> about it, which sounds horrible. Like as a teacher, I mean, I love kids. I love being with them, but I'm just like, no I think the politics and grading and mm -hmm. like all of that, like if I could just hang out with kids and like read books mm -hmm. all day, it'd be mm -hmm. perfect. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, no judgment. 
Um, every single parent who has a child understands that teachers are saints and that it's the heart. It's so freaking hard. So um, permission just to speak freely about <laughs> what has worked, what you do like, what doesn't work for you. Because that might help us get insight also into what actually hurts about being a teacher and where mm-hmm. you want to go. Um, yeah, so I think this year at the school I've been at has probably been like the best, one of the best years I've had. Um, I've just had an amazing class, super fun kids. And we've just, I've, my principal, my leadership that I got to work under this year was absolutely incredible. And I've, that's like, I think last year when I was at a middle school that like was, I had an amazing principal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that that can like totally make or break mm-hmm. teachers. Um, totally. So that's been great, but it just I think it's just hard having my own kids. I think that are starting school. That's when I really started to like since having my own kids, where it's really been like rough to think about teaching because I'm like I I don't necessarily love everything that we do with kids in school and how we do it, and I don't know if that I'm like okay, but this is what I'm gonna put my own kids through, and yeah. like oh yeah, how can I ch- like trying to think about changing it? And so I mean, I've done like I've go to the conferences and go visit the other schools that are doing it well and doing it differently. But then it's still like when you get back into your own space and like, you're the only one thinking this way and like, let's try this crazy idea. Then it's hard to be the only one in a school. Oh yes. Ashley, I hear you with that. It's, it's kind of like what happens when I see behind the curtain, when I know too much and then I'm like, do I believe in the traditional schooling system as a teacher? (laughs) (laughs) This is like a conflict of interest in my thoughts. And yet I put, you're, you're pushing into these really honest questions. So I hear that you are like, you're open to hearing what's real, even if it Mm -hmm. hurts and you have to make changes to adjust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is twofold. One, what does this mean for your career? And two, what is, how does that come around what you want to give to your children educationally? Yeah, I guess that I've never really even thought about that part of it until like really processing it out until lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 man, I'll tell you, I, it's so helpful when I'm like, can I just put this out there? And then I'm like, oh, it's two things. It's not one thing. Yeah. It just felt like a <laughs> giant mess inside of me is one big thing. And now I'm like, that's two things. Two things, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if you were to name the two things specifically, what do you feel like the two things are for you you want to get clarity in? Um, I think just where I'm at with work and kind of what like is teaching really the thing I want to be doing or is there something else? Mm-hmm. And then with my own kids, like what do I want school to look like for them? And maybe what that balance is between like school, right. In the traditional sense, but then like, what can I support and what I want them to learn out of that too? Yes. Yes. And I think that's part of the blessing of quarantine and not going back to a regular school next year is going to be able to have that time potentially with my own son to be like yeah that's awesome but like let's learn how to build things and do like do more of that I mean that's I think that was my number one thing with this time with my own students was like parents are like okay well what about all of this work and this and that and they're missing all of this and I'm like but you have your kids at home and you don't know how long you're going to have them there like go teach them how to cook let totally. them cook something they want to mm-hmm. do like mm-hmm. let, I think giving kids that freedom and I want to be able to like empower my own child that way. 
<laughs> and so this is where I, I appreciate hearing somebody who is in education and what you have is you have like the the meta perspective or the larger bird's eye you can zoom out and say mm -hmm, I understand that your child is learning to segment words um, and that that is valuable and so is learning to make scrambled eggs with you so yeah <laughs> right but when the parent gets stuck in the minutia in the but what about the fractions but what about the? it's like <laughs> it's not about the fractions like right like we they people can learn that again later but what, what they won't get again is this is this this beautiful magical also very hard and humbling <laughs> time <laughs> yeah yeah. Mm. Okay. So my career and is there something else for me and my kids, what do I want it to look like for them? So I will also acknowledge I'm having a parallel experience. And so this conversation I think might also give me my own some answers for myself. So I'm thankful to, to join you in this search. <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, it's, it's like, um, <laughs> It feels like it's like getting like the mystery flavor of something to be like, ooh, what's this, what's this flavor going to be? And it's just, it's so neat to see what people are, are really like kind of chewing on and seeing if we can help like um, open it. So that way it's like, oh, I can kind of see that now and that it's maybe been, fe been festering for a little bit. So, mm -hmm. okay. So career things, when you're thinking like, okay, if I was just to throw the spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks what ideas have you already like run through? What are things where you're like, okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Um, I everything opening a children's bookstore yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, I mean, figuring out how to be a children's book editor. Yeah. Um, my other huge passion is like running and like fitness. Mm -hmm. um, specifically running is definitely the huge portion of that. I mean, and I, worked in running like retail for years and cool. I loved that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, going back that way, working and I don't know. I mean, it feels irresponsible as a mom to say, I want to go work at a running shoe store. <laughs> we will break but I also, <laughs> I also know though, like that was like, I feel like when I worked in the store, I felt like more alive. So yeah. So and, like, when is it irresponsible to be more alive to do something that like actually like stoked, like gets you stoked? I think it just feels irresponsible because it's like not a regular work schedule, right? It's like mm -hmm. not, not like during the school day and I would have to work weekends and it wouldn't, it's, I mean, and then there's all the like other life logistics of like, you don't get insurance with it. So that doesn't feel responsible. <laughs> Let's, um, we'll come back to that word responsible um, in a moment. So I'm going to put a little mark on that, but the, we'll see if that can, continues to be like a running theme of like the story I tell myself is I can't pursue what I want to do because I'm being irresponsible. And where we'll want to go with that is one says who and yeah. two, like, so what? <laughs> and we'll see if we can yeah. get somewhere with that, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing I thought about doing is like becoming a running coach. And so like I've, mm. I just enrolled in a certification program with all this time. Why not spend my summer doing something? Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, just to like learn since that is such a passion and people like ask me anyway, I'm like, I want to have a validity to what I tell people instead of just like this is what I think like yes yes, I, yes. there's actual reasoning behind what I'm telling you to do <laughs> I love it what else anything else 
think that's it. My mom told me to run a stay-home daycare once. That, no, we yeah. learned really quickly. Yeah. I'm better as a working mom than a stay-at-home totally. mom. And- mm-hmm. Preach, sister. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is it is a beautiful thing to know oneself and to know, like, I am a great mom when I am also working or you're right. And or whatever, however, however other moms still in that blank, but it's okay to, to see what works best. Yes. Um, okay. So when yeah. I, so children's bookstore, children's book editor, um, involved in the running fitness world, running coach, um, the, what I'm seeing all of that is you want to have some form of personal immediate direct impact that opens up worlds for other people. That is so well articulated. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's, what's, that's what's here. Like that's all of those things are opening up worlds that maybe the other person wouldn't have had access to unless you came in to say like, this is the, you have to read this book or this shoe is going to do something for you that allows you to go where you already know you want to go. And those kind of micro pivots and opening and inviting people into that world creates immediate change, but it's also personal for you. I can see where all of those like itches aren't being scratched in teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at getting authors to come into my school and talk to kids. That's like my favorite, favorite part of teaching. And that's when I come alive with teaching. <laughs> okay, so you're a connector as well then, right? Like, I can see that there's this person who would really be good if she could get over to this spot. Um, and so if I, I, can, I can know that person, I can tell her to, to go right over here. So a connector is an important piece of this for you, too. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, this part is already thrilling. Okay. <laughs> Mainly because a lot of these things are our actual careers. Okay. So what I tend to throw my spaghetti against the wall, like none of it's, none of it are real careers. <laughs> Those things where I'm like, I want to do this. And my husband's like, but Lisa, that's not like, that's not a real thing. I'm like, well, it will be. So yeah. appreciate that the things that you are, are looking at are, are things that are actually what you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's dip into what you want the other column. What I want it to look like for my kids. What is your dream vision? Dream big is if it didn't, if you had all the childcare you needed, all the support you needed, all the resources you needed, all the money you needed, all of the time, everything, everything you needed to create the exact educational perfection for your children. Lay it out for me. I'd want them to go and like be able to do it like not I think that's why like even with my student parents I was pushing them to like go and make food with them I mean you're gonna learn the fractions like you said in that right I want them to be able to have that like super hands-on experience I want them to just love learning so much or like that they're so into learning that they almost like don't even realize that they're learning it's like they're just living it and that's how it's happening um I want it to be on their terms and like with what they're interested in too. Not like you have to learn about, I mean, I think, yes, there are things that we need to learn about. Right. But like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Teaching third grade, like native Americans is a huge part of it. And like why the native Americans moved around and all of this and like, like, okay. Yeah. But they're eight and nine. Like they don't really care right now. They think it's cool that they Native Americans had bone arrows and like arrowheads. So like that really making it applicable and like connecting the kids with the 
big mm-hmm. picture, um, and especially for my own boys. I think, and I just want them to be, I have two boys and I want them to be like wild and free and not like, <laughs> you have to sit here in a chair. And I always like struggled with that. Like my classroom always reflected like loud and obnoxious and lots of movement. And like, I had the worst reports from the substitutes because I just <laughs> put up with it because they're eight and nine years old and they're kids and there's wild and crazy yeah. boys in there. And like, like, I don't know. I don't believe that like we should make a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old like sit in a chair and this is your space all day. And like my five-year-old's not going to thrive in that environment next Mm -hmm. year. And I know that when my three-year-old gets into kindergarten, Lord watch out. (laughs) (laughs) He's insane. (laughs) It's really hard. It's hard as an adult to sit in a structured environment as if I'm going to actually also retain things. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, and I think that's like thinking about the fall and like what school potentially could look like. And they're talking about like all kids need to wear masks. I'm like, I can't wear a mask for, it's miserable for the 20 minutes I run through the grocery store. (laughs) Like, Totally. No way. Okay. I want them to go and do it. I want them to love learning so much they don't even realize that they're doing it. I want to kind of be on their terms. I want them to be wild and free. It feels like it feels fun, which is oh, like so simple, but it that. does. Like, come on, right? And I think that's been my biggest goal as a teacher is just to make it fun. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone. I don't know. Yeah, life's too short to not. I mean, not that you're going to have fun all the time, but it's too short to not have fun most of the time. Come on, right? It can be both. I said I apply that to therapy all yeah. the time. I'm like, we can talk about something really hard and also laugh inappropriately. Okay, like it's like not just because it's hard. I mean, it also has to be the worst. I mean, it's already hard. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> come on, people. Okay, so fun. That feels fun. It also seems like it felt like light, maybe even like it felt possible to you. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What else are you seeing in this? I think on the one hand, all the things that I want and on the other hand, the things that I want it to look like for my kids. How much do you want to be involved in that learning with your children? I think I really have been enjoying like being home with them more and having mm-hmm. more time with them. I, I don't, I don't really know. Okay. That would be something worth maybe like an after ref- post reflection is. Yeah. How, what's my ideal schedule that would support my ideal career? Um, ideal schedule. So when we think about like the reason I said like let's let's go all the way out there like let the line out as far as possible and then we'll kind of reel it back in right is because a lot of times we start in the stuck place of what I can't do and what won't work and it's like yeah and if we always start there we're never going to get anywhere and so when we want to dream or vision or create we we need to take off all the boundaries like what if you were just going to be an astronaut instead right like you gotta, you gotta like take it all apart and yeah. <laughs> like what is totally possible for me and then that opens up and my friend bonnie is is beautiful talking about this but she talks about quantum mechanics and the potential energy and when i start to get into that place of whoa all of these things could be possible then i start to think even more creatively and more creatively and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and i'm like oh gosh I actually can do something with this. So as far as a practical like way to maybe narrow in on something is when we make decisions regarding career or kids' education, know that you don't have to make a forever decision. You're not deciding your next 10-year career. 
you're probably deciding what's next. And hopefully that lets some pressure out of the system to say, hey, it's okay if I decide that maybe for the next year or two, I'm going to go find that kick-ass running store and work there so I can love what I do, provide my kids an alternative education, and really put some thought towards what it would look like for me to either have a children's bookstore or, or be a children's book editor or, or bring authors into my bookstore or, or all these other things that it could be. Mm -hmm. The idea that you could even consider that as an option is what kind of breaks people into growth. It's like, okay, so if that is possible, then what's actually holding me back? So I want you to fill in that blank, but and we'll come back to the, our other keyword. But if I said, all right, you can do that. Like you can quit teaching. You can find an alternative. Like you could submit to pull your kids or their, you know, next year decide what it's going to be and create a co-op where there's going to be um, two days of learning that you support and three days of learning where they're somewhere else and they're living their Montessori best life. And mm -hmm have an alternative work schedule where you are simultaneously at this running store and maybe you have, you actually have a group of women or, or kids that you run with. Like you could, you could do that. You could literally do mm -hmm. that. So what comes up for you right away when I tell you that all these things are possible? I think finances. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is just like, I think I'm fortunate as a teacher that like I have my master's and I'm like, maxed out per se <laughs> um and so i think that like that's the most intimidating piece of it just like yep. being able to be that like co-provider for my family yep so what holds me back right away is money how would we make this work mm -hmm. part of me and it's stupid but i like it's not stupid you're not judging me <laughs> Thank you. good good quick learner <laughs> um but like what people would think which I mean, and I know like other people's opinions don't matter and whatever, but like, oh, they do, they do matter. I think, That's I think there's just it. that. Yeah. I, I mean, think, but everyone loves teaching. And from what I'm told, I'm a good teacher. And mm -hmm. so like, just that, how that would look mm. to other people. And okay. the, I think in, in living in the neighborhood where I teach, I think that that, I don't want it to like be a, a negative reflection of the mm -hmm. school when it's more of a me thing. Mm -hmm. Good. This is good. Yeah. The, for one, like when it comes to like what other people think, that's a very valid thing to, to look at because most people just in their head say it's so dumb. Like, you're right. And it's like, okay. So if it wasn't dumb, I would probably also tell you that I'm, yeah. I'm worried what other people think. And it's like, okay, thank you for putting that on the table. Cause it's real. So the way that we continue to build identity is we continue to look into mirrors that reflect how we're doing. This is not wrong. This is how we grow. And when someone says, oh my gosh, you're so brave. Like, I feel like if you doing that makes me feel like I can do that too. And, and when you see someone hold up a mirror that says, you amaze me, then we feel equipped in our identity to continue to create the change that really sustains that like sense of wholeness within ourselves are what happens is when we look into a faulty mirror. It's when I look to the critical people, to the people that always play it safe, 
to the other teachers on my team who this is their dream job. And they can't imagine why anybody would, would not do this job. And it's like those people, we already know how they might take it or we think we do. So when you think about what other people would think, my encouragement is just open up like the mirrors and so that you're not only looking at your teaching team or your principal, but maybe also looking at like my son when he is 35 and deciding if he's going to make a career move. Um, my 14-year-old self who said, this is what I wanted to do and what I tell her, then you better stick with it or you're being irresponsible if you change your mind. Or am I going to say, hey girl, like you've done a great job. And 10 years in the teaching field is no joke. And it's okay if you decide that you want to do something different because you're free, like you're a free agent, like you're not in a marriage contract to your school, <laughs> right? Yeah. And sitting with that, what do other people think until it dissolves into less of a boulder and more of like, like a speck, like a thing that's like, all right. Yeah. It's real to think about that. Um, there's a line and I will find it and quote it later, but like that good is the enemy of great. And when you are good at something, it can often numb you or distract you to what you're actually great at. Okay. So that's powerful. What, what did that affect in you? That I feel like just being in this stuck place that I feel like I've been in for a while that I've had a lot of conversations with friends about like, purpose and like where to go and stuff and I just I think that that um just or not I just think that really just struck and like connected me with that like that there probably there is something I could be great at and I just don't even know what it is yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did that did that have a spot in your body where it hit yeah like right here yeah <laughs> like, I noticed you kind of grab right towards that space that like upper chest yeah. almost throat area too of like oh mm-hmm kind of stuck me yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um when you have a physical response to like words like work like to things that are not physical it's important to note it and so sometimes like I will um draw a very rudimentary cookie cutter type of person and I'll show it to you it's like I mean you get like it's 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 right that's what that is okay it almost looks like starfish right (laughs) But while I'm talking or thinking, I might um, draw or color where I'm noticing sensation in my body. So um, I put like an X over that top part of the chest to be like, ooh, yeah. And then I might even write the line next to that of like, good is the enemy of great. So I remember um, what it was that hit me. Um, And then if I really wanted to go further with that as an exercise, I would probably try to just journal about that like, what, when have I compromised greatness for goodness? Uh, what are all the places of times where I've said, but I'm, but I'm good at this. Like, shouldn't that be enough? Um, or whatever monologue pairs with that. Our body often has a lot to offer us in regards to how we actually feel. Yeah. I drew my person. <laughs> She's beautiful. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's helpful to see it, right? And that's another yeah. like, level of awareness. Is like, not only did I feel it here, but now that I see it over here, I'm like, wow, what else do I carry there? 
Yeah. Know, are, that's nothing I've never even like thought of is like, like you said, that physical response to like hearing something. I've never even connected that. Huh. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never <laughs> totally. made that. So. Oh, how cool. Then that's so fun when like, when there's yeah. a, a thing to see too in the process. Of yeah. That. I like to think of it as a barometer. So like sometimes like people have a tell that um, I'm having a physical response when I'm about to say something personal, or I start to feel choked up when I'm about to say something vulnerable, or um, someone said something and it felt like, oh, it's sinking, didn't feel good. And the body will hold that piece and will often provide like, it wants to resurface later and be like, I don't like carrying that or hide that away so no one sees it or, or whatever. But it's a, it's a really great tool to kind of check in and to say, what body, what's going on? so good and great money what will people think um do you and your husband work off a budget do you guys go like okay this is what like this is what we make because are you both salaried yes okay so that's a little easier to do when you have like Mm -hmm. flexible income okay so very practically and okay so here's it my other thought some people need to work practically before they can do the dreaming. So some people are like, if I just go and see the budget and see what I need to make per month, now I can dream based on what the facts are. Okay? Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I cannot have the facts because it'll limit my dreaming. I need to just do the dream. Then I will back my way into what I need to make per month. So you might consider like which, <laughs> which type of human you are and what you need in order to make the bigger life decisions. Mm-hmm. Do you know offhand? I feel like probably the more practical, mm-hmm. like looking at, okay, this is what I need to do. And then like, I'm very goal oriented. So like cool. knowing what I would need to do to get there would be like killer steps, okay. right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So then let's, let's operate off of that plan that my most clear next step is looking at our actual financial budget, like brass tacks. This is not about dreams. This is literally black and white. What are the facts? This is how much money Mm -hmm. we would make on my husband's income and how we would pay our bills and so forth and so on. These empty boxes, the ones that I would need in order to just break even. Let me just like, just, am I okay in this next year? Will I, will I try to make a pivot that I'm okay that we're in a break-even space or, or that we're in this much surplus or whatever your financial goals and plans are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel like, okay, that actually would be enough for me to leave my teaching career. Like if I, if I had to do this, but it would be worth it for me to leave, then that might also, and you pay attention to your body in that too. When you're looking at that and you're like, this actually is, does not feel good, you'll also have some answer in there. Then you get to get creative with how you're actually coming up with that income. You have your master's in teaching, there are a lot of creative ways in which you can sell curriculum. They pay teachers to pr- make things for other teachers to use or for parents to use. I'm sure you know more about this than I do. Um, but when I hear what you want to create for your children, I'm like, I could bring you 30 moms that would, would be like, can I please, can you please, can you please help me do that? Could you help me know what are the things I actually need to show them when we're at home? And then um, we can find some co-op options. So there might be something creative that's totally out of the box, which is all this make my own curriculum. I'm going to package it and sell it like this to moms that are looking for an alternative way to provide education for their children in a co-op environment or in a part-time learning environment or 
in addition to this craziness that is home homeschool COVID, that this is the <laughs> supplement, the supplemental curriculum. And here are the lessons. And you know how to, to build that type of curriculum. Here's the lesson. Here's the step. Here's the goal. Here's the teaching. Here's the um, instruments or whatever I need. Um, then the world's your oyster and you get to decide how and when and to whom you you give that curriculum to. So there might be a, a bridge of what I want to give my kids and what I'm literally already master's level degree credential to do. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or, or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. The When we are also thinking of like dreaming or creating or getting unstuck, it's also important that you listen to joy. So when you were talking about like working that running store and feeling like, I just felt like the most alive. It's like, let that be your beacon. That is not frivolous nor irresponsible. That is life. So when you think about like that is fulfilling to me and I feel like jazz, like I feel like, woo, that, 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 yes. Like it does not matter if you are a greeter at Walmart or if you are working for SpaceX. <laughs> you can only do that joy space. You're the only one who knows what that is. And the only way you will actually be unstuck is if you honor that rather than trying to fit into all the boxes that other people think you should live in. Thank you for that. What's connecting for you? That I think just that fact that like I really am despite what other people like want to say and those that I'm like close with, like, think and say I'm the only one that can really truly know what is bringing me joy and making me feel joyful and happy when you can trust that yeah there is so much gap that happens as we move away from what children do so well which is to know exactly what makes them feel good and exactly what doesn't make them feel good and they're so quick to pursue the what's pleasurable, right? To be like, I love this, you know? Like when, like my daughter, when she doesn't like something, she loves something. Like, it's like, it's like, she, it's like, I love this. It's like, oh, what a cool approach to life, right? Like, and what if we allowed ourselves to know and believe that it is okay that I want to feel that way about my career? Mm-hmm. Whatever my career is, is really my business. <laughs> But how I yeah. feel about it feels really freaking good. <laughs> that's one of the things I write down in my journal, like my goals. And that's like my goal is that I have a job that I love mm. that I write down. Yes. Hey, everybody. That, yes. Yes. 
Because I want to feel that way about what if I'm going to spend my time doing it every single day, I want to love what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> I, my hope is that that is an obvious thing for our kids that we don't even have to tell them that. That we, if we said mm-hmm. that to them, that they would be like, duh, mom. Like, that's what I would hope for my kids. They would be like, how else would I choose a career for myself other than what I love to do? Yeah. Right? And I feel like the current generation is getting like a bad rap with that because I think that's what they're trying to do is pursue those things that like bring them joy and make them mm-hmm. I agree feel that way. Yeah. To, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. But to those who are still confined, someone else's freedom is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that would make yeah. people that have always followed the rules feel like that's very irresponsible for someone to not follow the rules that they've always followed. Mm-hmm. That this is how we change and evolve and grow and yeah. be who we actually are. <laughs> Circle back with me on does irresponsible still fit into this for you? I don't think so. Cause I think that if I'm showing my kids like, I'm living out what I love and what I want to do, then it's not irresponsible. It's showing them that they can have that too. Beautiful. That's a beautiful transition that you made. And that's true. Okay. <laughs> also yeah. stamp that with some massive validity. <laughs> when I want to like, this is a sidebar, but when I think about how I'm parenting my kids, I want to have experiential lessons that I can draw from rather than me just lecturing. So I don't want to be like, hey, it's really important that you honor yourself and follow your dreams. Instead, I'd like to say, do you remember when we got in the car and we drove to Oregon and we picked up this trailer and we made it mommy's office because she wanted to do like this in her own way? Like, do you know, it's like, it's like I want mm-hmm. to be able to show them the evidence of what it mm-hmm. means to do the risky thing and, and not just have to try to like douse them with all these things I think should be true for their life. So... Yeah, that's what you're, I hear you weaving the narrative of what you want your kids to also live into is to say, I've been there. I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I was right before I was having a conversation with my friend. I'm like, we saw some fam- a family that we both know riding the bikes and their kids had helmets and they didn't. And we both like looked at each other and it was just it's so stupid. But like, like we both said, if we're biking. Like we're wearing our helmets with our kids because that's what we expect for them. So we're going to model that behavior and it shouldn't be any different with a job or anything like that. I should model what I want them to do. So perfect example. Mommy doesn't like her job. So you should have a job that you don't like either. (laughs) That's great. That's okay. Or how about would parents say like, um, don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah. Oh, it drives me nuts. (laughs) That feels rather And you shouldn't do it. Yeah. It's like you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> right. <laughs> that leads to rebellion. Oh, so yeah. that's, that might be a good mental picture as well for you. So like, I, I like to, when I'm, when I'm in a season of like growth or understanding, I like to try and keep like some form of, me- of mental picture or metaphor. So it's like, when am I riding my bike without a helmet on? and telling my kids I need to put theirs on. Like that might be the question that keeps you growing is, you know, am I, you know, whatever, am I also putting my helmet on the stage? Am I also doing the thing that I want my kids to do? And that often can motivate an authentic drive rather than what I should do. So that might be a clarifying yeah. method. The weird part about all this stuff too, actually, if we like zoom all the way out to like looking at your life on this timeline, like start to finish, it's like, 
what really does matter? Like what matters? What holds value for you? What, what would have been the most important like parts of your story? And like, where would you look on and be like, yeah, like, wow, like this is what was significant. This is what I wish I would have done differently. This is, you know, this is what happened. Like it, it might help to get way zoomed out mm-hmm. to really think about what yeah. do we want to do in light of that perspective. Yeah. Come back to that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it feels good to know that like what I want is not like you, like we said, it's not being irresponsible and it's okay to want what I want. And I think like you said, I'm, I liked the free agent term. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's my life that I'm <laughs> ruling over. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the right term, but it's, it's my life that I'm living. That's right. That's a way, that's waking up. Right? <laughs> when I realized that I'm like, oh my God, like not only am I driving the car, but it's my car. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> where do I want to go? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, do you, when you feel that sense of like, oh, like, right, like I can do this. Do you also feel that anywhere in your body? The feeling of possibility? I, it, it like literally feels like something's been like lifted mm-hmm. off. And off like there's, shoulders. yeah, like off my shoulders. And like, it's making me like, there's things just thinking about like, there's an opportunity at work that I've kind of like maybe pushed to the side, but now I'm kind of like, maybe I need to go back and look at that again. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So maybe also in your little body figure you drew, draw some of that, like the, whatever the lightness or the space that was created on your shoulders. Okay. To come back to, to remember, like, this is how I want to feel. Mm -hmm. And maybe what was it that you let go of? Like, what was the weight that actually came off? Might be helpful to identify too. Um, so this is one of my favorite things. Like when we like, we think we're going one way, like, okay, let's like put all the big dreams out there. Like, let's like, let's see what's possible. What's this? And what do I want my children? And what's that? And we think we're going to come up with a super concrete plan. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes just getting that much unstuck, that dislodged from my pattern of thinking and me thinking that I know what's possible allows me to see that there actually is a part-time position at the school I'm already at that would probably allow mm-hmm. me to have another pivot here the financial security and stability, the benefits that I'd be able to maintain, but a freedom of schedule that allow me to maybe like temper my way into what I want. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't even in one of the yeah. options, but no, but it, yeah, it was. Well, and it's a, it's a position in the, it's the librarian position. Hello. So, <laughs> but it was like my brain, like immediately before I was like, but it's only half time. Like, mm. like my brain like shut that off. And now I'm like, well, maybe that is like depending. I mean, Maybe there's a way to make that work. And it would be that like stability factor and like, mm-hmm. yeah. So. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, no. <laughs> you see it though. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Just, so, so like, like we'd like push a little bit to be like, oh, okay. Now that I'm over here, I'm lucky. I'm like, well, well actually that's a thing. And so mm-hmm. that's, that is actually your process of getting unstuck is sometimes we have to go like a triangle. We have to go up so we can come to the other side of that corner. And we're trying to sometimes take the most direct route. And I'm like, we're just not getting there because there's so much resistance to the librarian. I can't do that. It's half time. Mm -hmm. But when we said, well, what if you did this? And all of a sudden I was like, well, actually this might work and I can then filter in these things. So Mm -hmm. have fun with playing about how, how that, would that actually work? And if so, what are your most basic steps of immediacy to say, who do I need to contact to find out about that job? And if that's an option. And what's, yeah. the libra- what's the library look like during the season? 
Very true. Huh? Who knows? I don't think anyone knows. Yeah. Worth the investigation. <laughs> Where do you want to land the plane today? Where do you want to? Oh. I'm just excited. It feels like, I don't know. I'm just excited. Like it feels freeing to be able to like look at this and be like, okay, this actually like could be mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a path. And there is like, I mean, I think it's really, I think it's just getting that, like it's up to me to take the initiative to do it and not yes. be scared of all of it. And you can. Yeah. yeah. And when you feel like you can, then you will. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what was like part of the, your transformation too. It's like, gosh, I feel so much lighter. And when I feel lighter, I'm actually like, I want to kind of want to move. I want to make some moves because I feel good. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So let me just kind of leave you with, with this piece that um, there isn't a wrong way for you to live into your dreams. Okay. So if next year's pivot looks like you still teaching and figuring this out, you didn't fail and it's not wrong. And if next year looks like you're the librarian and you're also part-time homeschooling, then that doesn't mean that you haven't done it all the way, right? Like you, however you put these pieces together is you living in freedom. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, you guys. So that was a super rad conversation. Um, I loved sitting there with Ashley. I was also having like my own like dual experience of like, ah, I also want to figure out a creative educational option for my kids. (laughs) So um, let's decompress what that conversation was and also like what came up for you. So if you are a parent, if you feel stuck in your career, if you, you know, just what you need in order to get creatively unstuck, this conversation was super fun. I want to give you a little bit of a, a back end why I was doing what I was doing. Um, so that way it might make a little more sense for you as well. Or maybe it already makes sense. Who knows? <laughs> um, okay, so a lot of the times when we find ourselves in a stuck place, we tend to counter the desire to change by telling ourselves how good the thing is. So it's like, oh, but I'm really good at teaching or like, oh, but like it's, it's responsible and it's financially stable and it's safe and it's good. And like, and like, like people should love being a teacher. Right. And like, and we, we do all these things to say like, Hey, like your growth, like is really not a good idea. And it keeps a lot of us in these roles or jobs or places where we're dead. We're just dead in the water and we're not very happy. When we move creatively towards what is possible, it is helpful to just throw a bunch of stuff out there so we can get dislodged from that place of these are the only things available to me. What we're doing is we're moving from scarcity to abundance. Scarcity is this is it or fixed mindset to growth mindset. Same thing. This is what is. This is the only way that it is. This is what's available to me and I can't. This is the, these are the only things that I can do or the things that are within the circle. When we shift into abundance, when we shift into potential, when we shift into growth mindset, we say, well, why don't we look at all of the things and then we can circle back to what I'm, what I can do with that. In my like hope to want to like, um, like lift Ashley up and like out of that space. It's like, okay, let me just, let's, let's like, 
the only way to like create that movement is to see if like can you can you bite on this idea and let's go with this idea for a little bit. It doesn't matter what the idea is. That might not even be something someone ever actually does. But if I can get someone to bite an idea, what it's doing within them is is all of a sudden they're in motion. And they're like, wait, wow, wait, like that's a possibility. And now we're now we're moving. So whatever we can get the first bite on, it's like we've built some traction and we're going. So now the movement has happened and now Ashley was able to come around and see what was actually already there, which was that there's a potential librarian position. There's a lot of creative ways she can use her master's degree and she could actually be happy. So I want you to maybe just know that and think about that as well when we are thinking about trying to move the needle or, or get some perspective is go to all the places of what is possible and every single option. And can you give yourself permission to go with one of those ideas and see what might be possible and like what could be and all those things that might give you the energy that you need or the excitement that you need or the idea that it's all possible to then pursue what you're actually going to do. So those are some of my favorite conversations is, okay, and okay, this is a total sidebar, but I'm going, going to it anyway. People don't go to therapy for things like that, okay? People go to therapy when it's like, well, if I don't go to therapy, I'm just going to get divorced. And, and, and if I, I'm going to therapy now because I'm having panic attacks every day and I've never dealt with my anxiety. And it's like, you guys, like, have the conversation about the important things in your life. Go to marriage counseling before you want to get divorced. Get into a therapist before you're breaking down with panic attacks every day. Um, please don't wait until you're 20 years into your dead-end career feeling like, oh, it's just too hard to leave now. The conversation that Ashley and I just have are conversations that also belong in the room of therapy, which is I'm trying to figure out like how to live into my best, most authentic and truest self. That is worthwhile conversation. We don't just go to therapy for the big, hard things. We also go to therapy to help learn how to get ourselves unstuck and how to take meaningful action. The more people that are in that middle zone, right, that are not in crisis, okay, but that are like, hey, like, I'm just trying to make some life decisions here, and I'd really like someone to help, like, shoot the shit with me so I see this thing through, that has a place in therapy and coaching. I just want to, like, just beat that (laughs) into our brains that... um, Therapy is actually not crisis counseling. Crisis counseling is crisis counseling. If you have ever been in a stuck place where you are also like, I'm unsatisfied in my career. I'm unsatisfied in my role as a mother. I'm unsatisfied in my marriage. I feel like I don't have friends that I actually connect to or are real. Like, those are all things and content that is appropriate for the space to like move through with a therapist, coach, or whomever. Okay off of the soapbox <laughs> and and that. Um, I will also drop in on Instagram this week and show you the specific body exercise that we were doing as well. Um, this is a way to integrate my mind and my body or my thoughts and my feelings or my guts and, and what I know. And when we are dually aware Our hope is that we will use them both as information and both as a valid source of what is actually happening, how I actually feel about something. We want them both to reflect the same thing. So I love my job and my body agrees. Or I love my job, but I feel sick to my stomach feels like, hmm, something's not reading all the way true here. 
or all the way real. So I need to figure out what actually do I not love or what is not totally true about that statement. It's a really neat way to be able to learn how to hold both and to use your body as a barometer of what actually is good and true. The body does not lie. It's not going to, it can't. <laughs> okay. Um, I keep that little gingerbread man out or I'll draw one on a paper like I did today and I'll just kind of sketch in where I feel things. If it's like a little giant black hole in my guts today or red on my cheeks because I feel like I'm sitting in some shame or um, I feel tingling in my hands or in my heart space when I'm getting excited. And and what that just kind of shows me is where life is and where work is and where I, where I can dip in and offer myself comfort and where I want to keep going when I feel that creative energy. So... The invitation there is to begin to practice the dual um, integration of I hold both, I notice both, I make room for both, I honor both, and the more they come into alignment, the more congruent you'll feel, the less anxiety you'll have, and the more you'll trust yourself being able to live into what you know in your mind, body, soul, and spirit that this is the way that I should go. So um, that feels it's like a three-legged stool, right? It's not just what I can do. It's what I know in my guts. My body agrees. It's what I know in my heart. So it sets me on fire. It's what I can practically do. I looked at the finances. I was able to do this. And all these things are in alignment. Then all I need to do is stay in that stability. So um, Ashley is doing what a lot of us are doing during quarantine, which is rethinking what the hell we're doing. And is this how I want it to actually be? So we are in global crisis, but we're also in existential crisis, and we are searching for meaning and purpose. If you are thinking of these things or feeling these things, then then respond and, and push into those questions and wondering. You owe it to yourself to ask the question, right? Like you don't have to do anything. You, you could just say like, hey, am I happy in my career? And then choose to never do a damn thing about it. The point is that you ask the questions and that you're not afraid to ask the question because it's your life. So ask the questions. The only thing, like the, when my brain, when I do this, I'm like the worst case scenario is that I make it better. <laughs> like if the worst case scenario is I ask, am I happy in my career? And my answer is yes, great. If my answer is no, then I'm like, do I want to do something about it? Not today. Yes. No. In the future. Like then I'm just moving towards like making it better. So maybe we live into like the worst case scenario of me asking the hard questions is that I get to do something about it and operate from a place of freedom, abundance, growth mindset, and what can be because you deserve to love your career. You deserve to love your marriage. You deserve to love your friendships. You deserve to love your life. This is your life. You're the only one who's going to experience it from the in-skin perspective. So my hope and encouragement to you today is to be as free as possible, to think as big as possible, and then to decide how you're going to make concrete steps to actually do something about it. Here's my caveat. And this is like going to be dedicated to my friend. There are also ways to feel super successful and in your sweet spot doing things that no one will ever see. Shout out to the stay-at-home moms. You are not failing or doing less. You are not dreaming little. You are not um, a waste if you are doing a job that feels so small um, and that maybe I'm not dreaming bigger living into my potential. I need to call bullshit on that because there's a lot. I, I get an in a flood of women who come in feeling like if I'm not doing the big thing, then am I living into my purpose? 
the point of living into your big thing, the most like renegade thing you could possibly do is do what is actually true to you. So if your wildest dream, if you totally like blowing this thing up and being like, this is me being true to me is being a stay at home mom, then you are a badass period. The end. Okay. If you're like totally blowing it up and stretching this thing as far as it can go, it's like, hey, I actually do want to go to astronaut school. Then it's like, go do that. Please wave at me from up above. The point is how you fill in the blank. Our true selves are, it's not going to be a cookie cutter. It cannot be because we are not the same. So I want to just, at that this last piece is just deconstruct for you that if you think that, that the, the big change or getting unstuck means I have to do something that's really crazy. Um, the most crazy thing you could do is what actually fits for you. And so really do the work to push in and to find out where do I find joy? Where do I feel the most alive? How can I create a practical plan to support that? I will tell you that there have been seasons of my life and in my career where I have said, I would like to be home three days a week. I want to be home two days a week. I need to be home one day a week. Okay. How can we make this work? And then we do what it takes because this is not forever. It's just what's right now. And so maybe that will open up the permission as well that we're not making forever decisions. We're making decisions that allow us to to fit what is now because those things are always shifting. Okay, coming in hot (laughs) on quarantine change and living in to the most radical places. Cheers. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show, and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective, and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers, and see you next time. Cheers.